When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to series two of But Why podcast. I am very, very, very happy to be here and even happier to have you joining me. And actually even happier still, like three times happy to be kicking off by being joined by a good friend of mine, Helen Thorne. Now you might know Helen Thorne as one half of the comedy duo Scummy Mummies, or you may know her from her Instagram at Helen Wears Size 18, which is a celebration of Helen wearing all sorts of gorgeous clothes. Actually, not always wearing loads of clothes, sometimes wearing quite little clothes. Not little, as in small, as in just her underwear or her bikinis. But either way, she looks gorgeous in all of them. None of that is why she's here today. She is here to talk to me about divorce. I'm letting out a sigh now because as her friend, it breaks my heart a bit. As the rest of the country were going into lockdown last March, March 2020, Helen had just received the heartbreaking news that her husband had been unfaithful and as such, the pair agreed to separate and begun the proceedings towards divorce. I mean, just the timing, just awful timing to be going through something like that when you can't be in physical contact with the people that you love and you know we all felt isolated in that moment let alone when you're trying to cope with a life-altering experience if you're doing the maths now and working out the timings you'll see that this is all quite fresh although we're over a year down the line now Helen is in the you know still coming to terms with how this chapter of her life looks and she's very candid and open and humorous, of course, in talking about what what things have looked like for her, about the extreme lows, about getting out on the dating scene, about discovering just how loved she is by her friends, and also um, really realising how proud she is of her children for being able to cope with it was such a change in their lives too. Now, um, previously on Honestly, I did a episode of the podcast on divorce, but that time I spoke to uh, a lawyer, Sarah Langford. So that episode was very much a practical guide to the legal process, which I'll, I'll link in the show notes. Whereas this is much more about the emotional. It's about how it feels to find yourself in that position. And I'm, I'm so grateful to Helen for being open and having this chat with me. So without further ado, let's get cracking with this episode. Right. Oh, lovely. Right. Now I'm, I'm going to put my phone on aeroplane. So I don't get disturbed. You can tell you're a podcaster, Helen Thorne. <laughs> tell a couple. Tell a few. You've done Aeroplan. 200. Yeah, that's mad, isn't it? That's really mad. I can't believe you did one from a hospital last week. <laughs> I was so mental. I was just so mental. But it needed to be done. And we were meant to do it with Anna, you know, Anna Pucker. Pucker. Yeah, but we just thought... 
neither Ellie and I were feeling very jolly and we had we had a sponsor as well and so we weren't really I know and we're like no we've got to do a sponsored podcast that we would go oh hey baby food and also if it's Anna you want to have a few drinks and you know a bit more jolly not going oh my god my baby has tubes coming out of it um so yeah how's Bertie? Bertie is like we're on the last day of antibiotics today but okay. um, yeah, we kind of had different rides, didn't we? We were in for a lot, lot shorter time than you, but mm. we we having to still try and get this medicine down him. It, it's just, it it just does actually something to the, as I said to you on text, the core core of your soul when your child is ill. Like yeah. however many years you've been parenting for, mm. it, you don't you don't become hardened to that, do you? No, no, no. It's horrific. It's really horrific, and. Um, yeah, even though you've seen them spew and have sore throats and all, oh God, it's just awful. It's really awful. And yeah, yeah, it's exhausting as well. And that, that they recover and then you have to recover <laughs> afterwards. Yeah. Whatever leg yeah. that is. Mm. Yeah, exactly. The thing is, for them, once they're better, they're better, aren't they? Yeah, it's just like literally yeah. a forgot, forgotten thing. But it, yeah. it's... Um, especially for you, you held it together for the whole time you were in. Like, you were mm. in for such a long time. Oh, it was ridiculous. And, and you know, you just think you're going in for the night if someone's spewing. And I thought, oh, the doctor said, oh, you know, you probably should go in if she's been spewing for three days nonstop. And, yeah, and then <laughs> there was another six days on top of that. Oh. On a camp bed. Oh, God. No, thank you. And just sitting on it, there was no room for a chair. So I just had to sit on the bed. And, you know, when you're sort of like this for I'm six so days. Oh, and grim. You, you do weird things, don't you, where you try and keep working because yeah. it feels like a thing to do. And then then you reflect, you're like, what am I doing? But you, you've got to try and do something. I know. I was doing the final edits of my book. I'd had like the copywriter's editor, a copy editor's notes and I, that had to get in because um, it was going to the lawyers now. And so, yeah, and I was like, fuck, I just need to get it done. Though. Just, <laughs> just right in the back, yeah, copy of my book. I know. Ah. Anyway, it's, ne- it's never, it's never like you imagine, is it? Life. Oh, it never kind of. <laughs> you're like, I'm going to write a book. Oh no, I'm going to sign off uh, the final copy in a tiny hospital <laughs> But that is a nice book. segue into why yeah. you're here. Yes, exactly right. Not only have you had a wild last week, you've had a very no roller coaster year, haven't you? Yeah, absolutely. And and one I never predicted I could, uh, I don't know, overcome or face or, you know, it was my worst nightmare um, to be, um, A, to be divorced and B, not to be performing comedy. Like they're my, you know, being married and doing comedy were my two best favourite joys. And then having, having those both taken away at the same time was, um, yeah, quite a challenge really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've never really thought about the duality of that. But you know what? You will have, having got through this year, it will make you into it. Well, I already know it as your friend that it's it's like unleashed the absolute superpower version of Helen that was mm. already in there. But if you've got all the things that you usually rely on taken away from you, you have to find new things and, and you've done that. Yeah, yeah. And I wouldn't change, I basically wouldn't change anything that happened last year at all. Because oh, that was going to be so- my last question. Oh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Um we are allowed to swear, aren't we, Clemmy Telford? Yeah, we are allowed it's to swear. A tiny bit. But why? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> um no, I it's it's just one of those things is that when you've gone through something horrific and traumatizing and all the things and things that you wish no one else could go through, there is a little bit of a sense of pride and there is a little bit of sense of kind of strength and achievement and all those sort of things and um even though yeah I wouldn't wish what happened to me on anybody um I'm really glad I did it because it is and it's a bit like childbirth or any of those sort of big things that you just Mm -hmm. go wow if I can do that what's next yeah to give people some context to what we're on about like let's rewind I mean are we almost talking about exactly a year ago when everything crumbled around you yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So for anyone who doesn't know me or my circumstances, uh, yeah, on the 5th of March uh, in 2020, I discovered that my husband wasn't who I thought he was. Um, and so my marriage ended immediately. I got some information that changed everything. And, um, and yeah, and that was two weeks before lockdown. And so surprise 22 year relationship ended very suddenly and he moved out of our house and then I spent the first three months of lockdown uh getting over the trauma of um, lies and betrayal and also having no hugs from another human adult um or to be going out or to be massaged or to be touched anything yeah yeah so I was in the deepest darkest shit in the deepest darkest part of recent history um so it felt like everything was was basically in the toilet uh, so yeah, so that's how I had basically like divorce boot camp because I couldn't run away from the feelings. I couldn't run away from the sad. I had to sit and be had to sit and listen to mm. Tina Arena's chains on repeat and cry. <laughs> <laughs> just really just ball. And, yeah. and the thing is, I imagine I'm projecting, but you're crying for all sorts of things, aren't you? You're, you're crying because you've been betrayed, but also because. That marriage is very hard, but when you do go into it, you, I think everybody hopes that it's it's going to be the real deal, and I'm sure that was the case for you. Oh, absolutely, and I'm the daughter of a vicar, you know, and my parents have been married for 57 years, uh, and marriage is so sacred. And also I really, really want We had two lots of marriage counselling. Uh, you know, I wanted it so bad. And I sort of think back on it and I think, did I want the marriage more than I wanted the man? Did I want the love more than the person? And, and you know, obviously he was in a different place, but I just was like, oh, next year, next year's going to be better. And it, it just didn't get any better. <laughs> and then I had to have this, and it's like a guillotine when you find out that your husband isn't who they are it just severs everything very, very, very quickly. And it's not like slowly deciding you want to separate. It's really instant. Well, it was for me. I can't speak for anyone else's feelings, obviously. But I was like, fuck, oh, my God, it's it's over. It's over. I've got a new life that I didn't, I haven't planned for. And and so that was. And it starts yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. And that was like, you know, that was grief in all sorts of ways, grieving the man that I thought I loved and grieving the life that I thought I was going to live. Um, and also grieving situations where I thought we were perfectly happy, but clearly he wasn't. And that that is a hard, that's a hard thing when you look back at family photos and, and holidays going, 
oh, you know, was he thinking of her? Was he, what, you know, how how else was that other person involved? But were so, you happy, Helen, anyway? Were you happy? This is, I mean, I, I'm trying to work out whether yeah. to stick in the podcaster and, and, and as your friend, but now maybe yeah. you'll look back at those photos. And it's difficult, but I imagine, because you're, of course you're happy to be with your children and in a family environment. But, yeah, of course. But I don't yeah, know. That, yeah, that's really, it's a really, I mean, and I still think, because everyone tells me that it takes two years to get over the divorce. So I'm, I'm, I'm only in the first half, you know, or just into the second half of it. Um, so th- it's just time. But, you know, I do have tiny bits of revelations where I just thought I could never look at another wedding photo or, you know, my own wedding photo ever mm-hmm. again. And then one night, I think it was about midnight, I just went, no, my wedding day was my happiest one of the happiest days of my life he was only one person there and it made my parents really happy and all my friends were there I look great <laughs> I <had> great shoes <laughs> I mean <laughs> a great dress <laughs> the yeah, I mean, these are good moment. things yeah yeah exactly and I and I and I remember the way that people looked at me and loved me and 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 I go well you know yeah there was one dickhead there <laughs> but um why did he ruin it the rest of it was good (laughs) and also you can only it's really hard not to when these things happen go and like edit the whole of history but like not all of history is hopefully I don't know it's trying to keep some boundaries on stuff I suppose yeah and my children give me so much joy and also um I became divorced when I was hitting just this absolute peak of happiness, right? Where we, we were five days off signing a, morg- a mortgage to renovate our house. We've been planning to renovate our house for years. Um, the scummy mummies were going really well. I felt really fit. I was training for the marathon. Um, you know, all these things that equate to happiness, right? Health, fitness, money, all that sort of stuff. But then love got pulled out uh, of that and everything kind of fell apart. And um, but, you know, through the process of lots of therapy and lots of crying and then getting angry and getting very sad, I actually realised I was more loved than I ever imagined or ever knew. And so that was really quite stop me crying extraordinary. Because <laughs> <laughs> you really are. Loved. <laughs> I know, I felt very spoiled, Clemmie Telford. I am a very spoiled lady. And um, and I thought, wow, that, that that was the universe intervening. And my sister said to me, you know, because, you know, I'm going to say it because I'm going to say it in the book. He had an affair for four years. And, um, and my sister said, the universe, the woman universe leader, whatever it is, the power, said, this woman's had enough. She's about to go into lockdown. She's about to sign a mortgage on a house, uh, you know, all this sort of stuff. Helen Helen needs to be saved and so um you know I know some people don't believe in that but 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 there was some some sort of intervention that said no she's had enough now (laughs) that's enough that's enough shit um and so yeah yeah, so so in a way I, I do think it was a real blessing um going into lockdown because I just got to sit with my children on the sofa and eat pizza and Haribo and just walk to the park every day and simplify my life which in the previous year had been very complicated and and busy and full on and satisfying, but just too much. So there was things uh, that, that were good about it, but yeah, I don't, you know, (laughs) 
it wasn't an easy time, but it was, but I'm just, I'm so happy I could scream. Like I am, yeah. like, like now I just feel lighter than I've ever felt, not not in a physical sense, but in a, in a kind yeah. of spiritual and other sense that, oh, wow, I can do whatever I like. It's, it's really yeah, amazing. You're, you're a uh, you're a free agent and I, I mean we've had conversations as friends it's mm. and I actually have got a p- podcast episode coming up about the perimenopause and this all sits within that when as a woman you just go I actually don't need anybody else and mm. I think I, I, I can only speak for myself but I I, I followed all the cliches I, I like went to uni found a husband had the family and it's, this is not a comment on Ben but it's suddenly like you just you realize that we've been brainwashed into just like following this route and then you go oh, yeah if, especially if you're financially independent you're very capable you've got people who love you and also very fortunate to have our children it's a yes that's I mean it's a huge thing to think I've got this as me yeah yeah that was it and there's just and I'm I'm going to um, keep the house that I've had for you know we had as a couple, uh, and and my children get to live in the house that they love. And my son was born in the lounge and all that sort of stuff. And there was just a, a moment where I rang Ellie and I said, Ellie, you know, eight years ago we started this thing, Scummy Mummies, and now I earn enough money that I can own my own house and look after my children by myself. And I sobbed and I was like oh my god I made this life just for me and um and god I'm gonna cry now it was just (laughs) I was just felt so proud and I just thought wow I don't have to compromise and I don't have to I don't have to be sad anymore like this is a really 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 um amazing moment as a woman and you know as a 42 year old I thought fuck I'm gonna own my own house I look after my children how I want and and be free. So I think that that was something really extraordinary. And and it's so funny, is it the thing that has given me the greatest joy is the thing that I feared the most. And that is that's that's that was a, that's a big. big thing. It's a really big thing. And I think so many women are frightened of being a single parent. So many women are frightened of being by themselves. And I know I was one of those people. Mm-hmm. And and I think the way that society and it is changing and I hope some some I'm playing a small part in, in telling everyone it's great. Um stop for me. Um not for everybody I know, but I'm having a really good time. And I think there just needs to be some more positive voices about how wonderful it is to be by yourself it's not it's it can be a lovely thing so yeah I think that's yeah you just need to be shown as um uh Clementine Ford uh the Aussie feminist you just need to be shown it's a possibility Mm. but it's not the end no and but you just we've I think we've talked about it as friends as well you know the decision ended up being taken out of your hands Mm. which of course you wouldn't wish of course you wouldn't but yeah there are also many, many people stuck in really unhappy marriages because there isn't a thing that that you can pinpoint to the reason to it being over. Yeah. And and of course I'm an advocate of of marriage. I am and and it takes mm. a lot of work and we've been through rounds of, of couples therapy and and I do believe in going the distance. But in um, her book Untamed, Glennon Doyle says like ask yourself, would you want your marriage for your children? Yeah, and I'm just like that is like it's a powerful question. It, like, yeah, absolutely, it is so much that. And you know, one of the 
um, we, haven't, we haven't mentioned my book yet, but I, I have written this book that's coming out in July. Um, and one of the most powerful things uh, a woman called Arabella Weir told me, she's a comedian, and she said, would you put up with behaviour from your partner that you um, would, wouldn't put up with from a friend? Like if, you're, if your friend sat down at the kitchen table and said, oh, God, why did you cook the broccoli like that? And why did you give me Chardonnay? You know I hate Chardonnay. You go fuck off out of my house, you know. That is really bad behaviour. But why do we put up with the bad behaviours from our partners, you know, female or male, that we wouldn't put up with from a friend? And actually, we have to be really honest, and that works both ways, you know. I yeah. fully admit that when you, when a marriage begins, you know, in the in the depth of marriage, it, that mm. I probably do some extraordinarily inappropriate, like uncourteous. <laughs> You know yes. what I mean? It, like, yeah, when you're at your it, when you're at your limit and your edge and your yeah yeah, and and that's a mad thing, you know. The person that you were supposed to want, love more than anyone else mm. often and often ends up getting the worst of you. And I, yeah, I, I think yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? Because you've said you've said actually in your book, you're you know you are pro marriage. I think we really want to go back to that. It's not about trying yeah. to rip up people's marriages, but it's also no. not living in fear of the alternative. Yeah, absolutely. I adored being married. I love being, and I worked really hard at it. And I, you know, even a couple of months before we separated, I was like, oh, I, I cuddled up to him in bed. And I said, I never want to get divorced, you know. And that was a month before Hello. I found out. I know. And he was like, yes. And so, um, yeah, I know. I love weddings, and I loved my own wedding, and all that sort of stuff. And I love, I love being loved, but, um, but also. yeah it's just wonderful being single as well and I just um yeah I was just I I I can't remember a time in my life I haven't wanted to be married this is the first time in my life because I played dolls as a a child as a teenager you know I fantasized about marrying Jason Donovan and I just spent my 20s being obsessed about being married and in my 30s I was married and in my 40s I'm not (laughs) so it's sort of yeah what a strange thing yeah so um yeah so it's sort of uh yeah I'm not in any hurry to get married but it's really interesting the statistics around men rush back into a full full full-blown relationship after having being separated while women are like oh my god I never want to live with a man again it's some really interesting kind of trends that are happening especially to women in their 40s 50s and 60s 70s who've got money have got a career and, you know, they've had their children and all they're satisfied through their female relationships. They're satisfied through their work and their life. And, yes, they like men or they might have female partners or, you know, sexual partners, but it's just for sex. And the way that they're, the priorities of attraction completely change, like you're not looking for a future partner, you know, you don't care if they've got nice friends or what their future prospects are. No. You just want a really exciting. I was going to say a really exciting shag. I mean that is very important, but you yeah. want a real. You want that buzz that you've you've connected. Yeah, exactly. I'm wondering whether we dip into your sex eye stuff. I mean, I mean, it, go as for a, it. <laughs> I mean, do you think you've been having a great? <laughs> you've been having an excellent time, haven't you? time yeah I really sex is fantastic I I, I just let to like like to let the listeners know really is it, it's so great it's a really it's a good time um and yeah I've I've just had some really fantastic fucks and, 
and I've and with really hot men, and I've really enjoyed myself. I really I like it all. I mean, most things. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I just you go very very Australian when you talk about sex. <laughs> oh, sex is great, mate. <laughs> Fucking love like, fucking. Your accent's quite soft now, but not. <laughs> Whatever comes out is like, it, it's the horny Helen is, is, is pure Aussie. <laughs> like the Brit, any kind of Brit tendencies you picked up have gone when you talk yeah. about it. No, I, but I, also, I'm, I, I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm, I'm Aussie when I'm horny and I'm British when I'm sad. Um, so <laughs> I think that's great, actually. That probably I mean, works really great. well. Yeah, well, there's, there's your Instagram square done. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hello, hello, internet. Um, yeah, no, I, so I've been on three different dating apps and my sort of rules were just, just go with someone that looks fun. So my age range has been from 29 to 50 and I have had dates with tend to go with creative so like photographers or artists or exhibition designers um architects that sort of thing and yeah I've just really enjoyed finding out who I am around men and having sex yeah and having sex I really like it and um yeah so that's been really good and it's really I've become really confident in about asking about what I want and what I like mm-hmm. and what I don't like and, you know, there's not an issue about using protection or any of those sort of things. But, um, yeah, oh, yes, yeah, so I had a pastry chef. He was really fun. He bought me a cookie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what more do you want? Thanks, <laughs> good nice. sex. Quite, quite chocolate and pistachio. It's a very nice cookie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not a little cookie. <laughs> himself um so did you have it before or after oh before it was lovely i I did a cheese cheese platter and he brought a cookie for sex in your 40s cheese platters cookies and but also like there's a a serious body image stuff as well like in the last time you were on the market or single yeah i was 19 yeah. yeah, and I don't know how you felt about your body then, but I, I know that I'm my person more confident in my body now than I've probably ever been. Oh, my God. Look, I was half the size when I was 19. Didn't have any stretch marks, didn't have any skin tags, nothing really wobbled, you know. I was teeny and yet felt really self-conscious. Now I'm like, woo, knickers off, let's go, bang, bang. And, and I, just, <laughs> I just don't care. I decided, I decided to not give a fuck about what I look like and not worry about it and just see what happens, right? And nothing happened. Nothing no. happened. And, and, and also, had, yeah, and I've had hot, you know, 29-year-old Italians and 50-year-old Australians and all in between. And some have been really like, oh, yikes, really hot and gorgeous. Others have been a bit ooh, yummy and chubby. Um bits to grab onto but no one has said oh god you know what's that what's that skin tag or oh you're a bit fat um or oh no there was one man who went down on oh, me yeah I know what you're gonna say <laughs> he went oh I love a hairy woman <laughs> I was like welcome to the jungle um <laughs> well, yeah, had you really let yourself go no not what, at all what was I, hairy I, just my family, just 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 a trot, look like a neat. I'm I'm doing oh, a hand yeah, just. I mean, he's having. I don't know what he's doing because his camera's off, so he might be having a lovely time. Um, this just, just a neat triangle, but it was just hysterical. It made me laugh and laugh and laugh. 
but and yeah also you're like if you think that's hairy I could definitely go like dial this out but a lot more yeah. than that yeah absolutely um, so so I, I I sort of and it wasn't a particularly feminist act and I decided I'm not going to lose any weight I'm I'm a, a good size 18 got you know fairly fairly hefty boobs and a big old bottom and lots of wobbly bits but I just thought if I just if I and it's not that I pretended I was having a good time I just decided look let's just let's just not worry about shit and um I've just had so much fun (laughs) it's been really good I'm very happy for you and I enjoy living vicariously through like because you know again when we were all young dating apps weren't a thing it's like absolutely mind-boggling isn't it yeah, absolutely. And it's and it's a little bit too addictive, I must say, because if you have a good if you have a good one night stand, and often they are just one night stands and that's completely fine because it's, you know, two consensual adults, it's fine. But you think, oh, that was really good. Oh, I wonder if I can get something similar or whatever. But yeah, I think if you set yourself a bit like Instagram and other sort of social media things, if you sort of set yourself kind of boundaries and limits about how much you use mm-hmm. it and why you use it, and you can just spend too long scrolling through and you can get a bit picky like I've got some sort of rules about no men with their thumbs up no man who says school oh. no but it's just what, I don't know what's wrong with the thumbs up it's fun oh maybe it's just particular men or people who say university of life school of hard knocks no um oh no that's appalling oh I just think no just no uh what else is there that's just um, life I mean you I don't know. need to write that in no, and there's lots of people who say I don't want any drama. I don't have any baggage, <laughs> things like that. I'm like you do, yeah, everyone's got baggage. So the, you know, it's quite easy to now filter through um, who I like and don't like, etc. But um, yeah, no, I'm just I'm just enjoying it, and you know, I you know again because I've got this baseline of love from women and my career and all that sort of stuff. It really doesn't matter so much if you know things don't work out for little flings because I'm not looking for a relationship I'm just sort of for me a lot of it is to to kind of work out who I I know who I am around men but like no but 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 it's those sort of behaviors that I would have you know I pretended to be someone who I wasn't when I was 19 and you do all those sort Mm -hmm. of things so it's sort of a bit of a trial and error for the next I reckon couple of years as she says Just a friend of mine said, isn't it great that he left you when you're still fuckable? <laughs> giving you, like, give you, giving you a sort of, I mean, I, I imagine, Helen, you, you've got. The next, you know, eight to ten years. Yeah, hilarious. <laughs> you've got more than that in you, oh, for goodness sake. Five. Yeah, goodness. Um, and also, I guess I'm wondering whether you have to kind of break some of your own habits. Again, this is like conversations we've had as friends, but if someone doesn't reply to you, mm. I've been, we've been kind of conditioned to go, that's a reflection of me. And actually, hopefully with your adult head, you can go, you know, no big deal. If he's not into him, me, I'm not into him. That's nothing more. Like you don't, I think I spent when I was single last quite a lot of time chasing things and trying to be validated by it. And mm. just to go, I don't need to go down that route anymore. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And like, you know, I had, um, a date once where you know we'd met three times and then we'd had this conversation where we said oh I rang him up and I said look I really like you let's just meet up for dinners have sex and then we'd just do that occasionally are you up for that he's like yeah "Yeah." and then I met him up and and then halfway through dinner he's like oh god I don't know if I I, I've just realized that I I want to get married and have children and he's 46 and he's like but 
I can't do that with you. And I don't want to, I don't want to, I, I care about you too much. We've become really good friends. And he said, oh, maybe we shouldn't have sex because then we'll want to see each other again. And what I probably need to do is concentrate on, <laughs> on finding someone. Finding a partner. Yeah. And I was like. That's really cool, but can Respect. we do that anyway? <laughs> and he's like, "All right, fine." Um, so, and that was the end of that that sort of fling. And but, but I really like the frankness of it. There's no game, yeah. And I really appreciate appreciated him being honest. And I was like, "Oh, look, you know, why don't you go into Hinge? You could do this, and we've become good mates." So, I, because I've got this sort of layer of confidence, and I'm not, as you were saying, seeking validation in these men. I'm like, "Well, get someone else." Um, yeah, and, and, fine. Yeah. And that really wasn't a comment on you. In fact, it was a huge compliment to you. He was like genuinely trying to protect, yeah, preserve yeah. your friendship, and and that is fair enough. And he's got, he's yeah, got his own agenda, hasn't he? And yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So yeah, I think I think I'm kind of just enjoying all these sort of, you know, I'll go into another bump in the road or another situation, and I'll see how I survive it. And and before before the big divorce and before that big separation, I was so frightened of rejection and so frightened of being sad and now I'm not frightened of being sad because I know I can overcome things so I think that has become a strength and a real superpower in, in but also my own life becomes richer because of it because I kind of find out things I probably wouldn't have before that. Hello just popping on to do a quick advert for my book but why how to answer tricky questions from kids by having an honest conversation with yourself in there there is an entire section on relationships you know why won't that person be my best friend why do people get married but also but why do people get divorced and I spoke to tons of brilliant women and that yeah mainly women actually who gave me really great advice as they were like at different stages down the line one year in a few years in 10 years in and they gave some really brilliant pointers that I would definitely share with friends who were were looking to talk to their kids about it but also looking to navigate divorce themselves so I really recommend the book of course it's my book I'd like you to buy it it's available to pre-order now from your favorite bookshop I'll also put the link in the show notes and it is published on July 22nd so not long now so yeah please do pre-order but why the book the thing that I was kind of interested in is, is your a few things. Number one, your work has been comedy, and mm. I'm wondering whether, if you said you were afraid of sadness, how that plays into the fact that you've ended up with a career in comedy. Do you think that comedy has been a coping strategy? I absolutely think so, and I think especially in the first the first six months of my separation, Ellie and I kept making, we, we've always made the podcast, we've always worked, always done our bits and bobs on Instagram and we we're doing Instagram lives. And I think that was integral to my survival uh, and getting better. And also I'm much more comfortable in talking about being sad on the Scummy Mummies channel because that it's really important, even though even though people come to our particular podcast or um, Instagram account for joy and silliness and nonsense, I think mm. there's a new space. And Ellie, in fact, has said, my wonderful Ellie, um, has said that she has been more vulnerable now as well on, on socials. She because- has. And, and really opened up and I just think that's such a beautiful thing and so and also I think our audience after eight years really trusts us and they know who we are and we're not we're not bullshitting things or not over egging things as well like mm. it usually comes from a really good place when we're talking about our 
you know honest feeling so Real I think stuff. that's I think that's really in you know I hate the word enriched but it has it's added an extra layer into what we do and yeah it's actually a conversation I ask myself because I'll go from like posting something extremely heavy and then put up a video of me doing something daft I'm like oh yeah. is this weird but that that you, you can sit in the duality of those two things you can mm. you can be really silly and have a good be funny but yeah. also love a bit love a big chat I always used to say to Ellie like when when we found ourselves having a deep chat I'm like oh my word you can talk about the heavy stuff and yeah. and they're not they don't need to be two different things do they no and not at all and I must say like having Ellie um as a friend and a work colleague and, and, and as an everything is just it's the best thing I, I I've often said that she's worth a hundred husbands if not more, um, because she's just so amazing. And, you know, she's, yeah, I just remember when, um, you know, when I went through the, the the initial shit, she was just so good at saying the right things and just being there and coming over with lasagnas and, um, you know, and waving two metres apart from the front doorstep and things like that. She's just, um, she's just incredible. And I didn't realise, and I did a couple of months later, that, that Ellie and my sister and sort of my best friends from Australia were all talking to each other and supporting each were other as, as sort of my full-time carers, even though they were all doing it sort of remotely. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah. And, yeah, and I just thought that was really beautiful that, you know, they were, you know, it's 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 hard when something so awful is like the breakdown of a marriage it's just you know obviously one intimate relationship but the 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 nuclear effect of that mm-hmm. sadness or that betrayal that it has on you and then your immediate family and then your friends all that hurt spreads and and hurts a lot of people and that that's i think that's what made me very angry I mean, there was lots of things that made me angry about my separation. But seeing friends hurt by the actions of my ex-husband was mm. just the rage I had about that. Um, yeah, I think that was, that, yeah. that's very hard to process because I'm like, yeah, hurt me all you like. But, you know, seeing my mum cry, fucking fuck you. You know, mm. <laughs> she didn't deserve it. Yeah, it's that. true. It, 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 yeah, it impacts so many people. And mm. I don't know how comfortable you are with talking about your children, but I know that a, a point that everybody dreads is that telling the kids moment. How, mm. did, how did you navigate that if you're comfortable talking about it? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I mean, that's one thing I will give him. We, we spoke really well about that and we, we researched it and I, th- I think we did it really well. Uh, and one of the things that's in my book is I interviewed Philippa Perry, who's an amazing sort of child um, psychotherapist, and she said, you just don't have that conversation once. That will be the first conversation you have about it, and then you will continue to have that conversation for months and Forever. years and years. And, mm. years. And, and that's just how you get your head around it. It's like, oh, no, it's not that big thing. That's just the first little drop in saying we love you and this is the situation, and it's shit and we're sorry, but we're going to be here for you. Um, so yeah, I yeah I I really enjoy being able to talk to my kids about anything difficult and painful and and all that sort of stuff. It's a real privilege, and and we're a really tight little unit now of three. But yeah, it's not it's not easy, and it's a big thing. And 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 I you know I just remember the minutes before going, oh my god, I'm just about to change your life to shatter the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think I think that's you know that can't be kind of glossed over in any way. And I know I know that's a big thing, but um, it's it's not. You can do it, and and you know your children better than you anyone else, so you'll know the right mm-hmm. way. 
um, do it. We had a big bowl of Skittles in the middle of the table. I always think that, that helped. That helped a lot for me, both probably. Um, but yeah, you, you know, I just think my children are amazing. I think they've been they've been brilliant, and it's not a not an easy thing. And of course, yeah, their world changed. They their parents separated, and they stopped going to school and all that sort of stuff. And um, yeah, oh, so, word, yeah. So that was a big thing for them. So yeah, but um, but yeah, but that's, I, I, that's unfortunately life, isn't it? It's not. Yeah. It's not straightforward, and that is our job to help them navigate the the really shit stuff. Yeah, yeah, and I just, I just think they're amazing, and yeah. So, um, and and also they speak really openly about it now. I remember like seeing them talk about it in the park, you know, a couple of months later, saying, "Oh, we go to Dad's house here, and this is our situation." So I think we're just lucky we're in 2021 when there's less shame. There's still a little bit of shame around single parenting and that sort of thing, but. But but that that narrative is changing about what makes a family and the the, the terms like failed marriage and broken home are slowly slowly changing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, Glennon talks about that. It, it's like it's not about a failed marriage; it's about a marriage running its course. And yeah, it you know it did what it did. And yeah, broken home. You're right. These are such like turns of phrase that we don't even. Um, consider how damaging they are do you feel like there is still stigma about single parent families yes I do I do and and um and it's interesting when I use the term single mother you know someone the other day corrected me and saying you're not a single mother you're an independent mother you know I didn't want to be a single mother and I thought no I'm claiming that because it's a you know oh she's a single mum I want to use that phrase it's a bit like fat you know it's a bit like all those sort of phrases that we use as insults I want to reclaim and, and 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 make it in a positive way. I love being a single mom and I love the community is fantastic. Like there's brilliant, there's um there's brilliant sort of apps and and charities and all sorts of stuff. And I have the support and the community is just magnificent um within there. So and there's there are people because I'm lucky that my kids go to their dads two days a week, but there's some people who are full-time single parents and that's you know that's really full on. Um but yeah. I, I think, um, yeah, I just I, there is there's still stigma around it, and people I think they're still frightened about it as well. Um, about yeah, what but they it all plays into those moments when it's obviously going wrong. I'm sure that I can only imagine there's a lot of fear of judgment in the in the as you had to go and start telling people, and even though in your case it was so t- transparent that of how it came about, yeah, it's hard, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. And I know that people even like 10 years ago would say, you know, women became a bit funny around them because they thought, oh, you know, she's going to take their husband. Yeah, exactly. And I think that myth has changed. It's like, ooh, as if, as if, and I wouldn't like, you know, you know, don't I want like, another husband. No, and I don't, and I, you know, I make sure I date men quite far away. Like I don't want to have a man with someone, you know, down the road in Peckham because I'm probably going to bump into them. Yeah, <laughs> no, I don't want to bump into them again with my children. Um, I have once done that, but that was, <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it'd be too orcs. So yeah. I'll, <laughs> West London District, fine. Yes, good. <laughs> Is that what you do? That feels like near but not too near. Yeah. Not bumping into a ball. Yeah. That's so and, funny. And, yeah. and what about the kind of legal proceedings and um, 
like the paperwork side I actually have got for anyone listening on my old podcast honestly I've got a whole episode on divorce and I think you've got an episode of scummies on divorce as well haven't you yeah yeah because I think did you have the the actual... Sarah Langford yeah same person and Rosie she that, she? Rose Green Bell. yeah she's just written a book um as well yeah yeah so yeah that that was that was something I got a I got a, a lawyer through a friend of ours a mutual friend of ours and she was really great and we um did it through the process of mediation and so it's basically sitting down together for a couple of hours with a neutral party and just dividing everything up um and I'm making it sound really easy it's not no um, it's good confronting and, and it's hard and you go in with what you think and they go in with what you think and both of you have to come down uh and but we finally got there in the end and so now we're in the process of We've got the decree nisi, and now we're just about to get the decree absolute. So then, and the court papers will be submitted. So yeah, we're nearly at the end. So, but yeah, that was that was hard. And I remember um, that the last session was actually. I mean, this is again how fucked up my life is, and how weird it's become. It was almost to the minute of me finding out about my husband's affair that we had our last. and we closed off and said yeah that's that's how much the house um i'm getting and that's this and i said you know exactly a year ago today this is what i found out um and it was really chilling and we all sort of went silent um so you know within a full exactly a full year but there were moments where i looked across at him and i was like god a year ago i would have done anything to make you happy I would have done anything to save this marriage. And now we're squabbling over percentages of the house and it's ugly. Is it so strange to look at him and think, yeah, just it, he was he was the centre of your world for a bit. And, yeah. yeah, it's bizarre. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, and I wouldn't have stayed in that marriage if I didn't love him wholeheartedly or want it or all those sort of things. So I think that's that's a big it's a big change. Painful. And, yeah, but yeah, again, then I keep thinking, um, you know, he's just one person in my life as well. And I've, mm. I'm very fortunate to have a very awesome, wonderful family and brilliant friends and, and, and a community that, that supports me as well. So I think, I think that's really good, but it's, 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 it's not easy. And there's so much sadness about a relationship ending, but then, but then on the flip side of that, now I could not be happier. I just, oh. This is it. Yeah. I think that's kind of as I get older that, and we touched on it with work stuff, but understanding that these things all, you don't have happy periods of your life and sad periods. I mean, there are things which skew either way, but there's so Mm. much light and shade in every situation. And yeah, of course this has been horrendous for you, but there's there's a lot of happiness coming out of it. And it's quite weird to get your head around some of those mixed feelings, isn't it? Mm. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, and I just yeah, it's it's so funny. Like there's um uh, Esther Perez who I that's yeah. Esther Perel, sorry, not Esther Perez. Esther Perel. She's amazing. Um, you know, she was said, you know, would I recommend affairs? No, <laughs> not at all. But they happen, and uh, you know, I'm glad. You know, it was it was just, you know, I I just can't I can't regret anything. And I and and one of the weirdest feelings I've had, or not feelings I've had, is that I didn't regret anything. Like when it ended, I was like, but I loved you, and I always wanted the marriage to work. And then it ended, and I go, 
well, I tried my best and I walk away feeling quite happy about it. Like I can't regret being kind to the person I was married to. And I know other people feel differently about that, but I go, no, I tried really hard. I did my best like I always try and do and trying to be the nicest and kindest person I can be. So, yeah, I feel fucked off that he treated me badly, but but I don't feel any regret or shame in 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 loving the man that I was supposed to love. No. Um, annoyingly, as I was writing my book, n- like none of this had happened to you or we hadn't got yeah. to the stage, I haven't got you in it, but I do write a bit about divorce and, and that's actually the a resounding advice that I got from everybody that if in time you can try and not feel awful things about your ex-partner, because they are the father of your children, mm. it's kind of the most liberating thing that you can get to. Like, mm. of course, for all his actions, but the only way to move forward, you know, you can just swallow yourself up in regret and oh, blame and, yeah. And, if and only, that's not the answer to a happy life. No, it's not. No, it's not. And and my children love him and he loves the children and they have a really positive relationship and that's fantastic you know and I and it's a joy to give my children over a couple of days a week and they have a lovely time and so that's it and 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 I think there's there's stages is it the three stages for me was the mourning and the grief and the anger and then waking up one day and going fuck I can do whatever the fuck I like I'm like oh I can eat that food he didn't like and I can play the music he didn't like so there's a period of revenge and then there's Mm -hmm. a period you just wake up and don't fucking think about him at all and that is the best then you go I'm not even going to consider it yeah and so there were the three sort of steps through and soon the world's going to open up and then you're actually going to be able to do stuff as well I know I mean this is it. Like the... my training my training in lockdown but I think again the universe is like whoa 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 Helen yeah easy oh, easy Get steady now come on off she goes <laughs> off she goes have fun well. in the park that's all right but now goodness me yeah so there we go <laughs> So, like, winding towards the end, like, what? well, two things. I've, I don't know if it's in the book or it's a conversation we've had, but you said that, you're, like, that your book is likely to cause more divorce. Have you said that? Who said that? Well, I said that to you. I said, my, no, my friend yeah. said that to me. She said, you're going to cause more divorces than your ex-husband did. And I was like, well, maybe, I, maybe it will. And it made me laugh and, and laugh. <laughs> how does that sit with you? Um, look, if I, if the book, you know, I don't, uh, the the book won't be won't change someone's mind it might just push them that bit more to the edge and I get lots of people writing to me you know every day saying you look so happy should I leave my husband and you know part of me wants to go yes I have never done that listener I've just said look it's been a great thing for me go and speak to a good friend go and speak to a good therapist and work out for yourself but I think if someone's reaching out to some to me, on the internet, a stranger for marital advice, they already know the answer to that question. Yeah. 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 It's, a, it's, a, <laughs> it's a bizarre thing that people do, isn't it? And dear. Oh, you've it as well. Yeah. About everything. Yeah. No, not about divorce, but just about like these major life decisions. And it's like, if, if you're thinking that the answer might be through a, a, an actual stranger, I know you, you feel like you know me, mm. then, yeah, you already know the answers or you need to go and talk to someone about finding the answers because it's an act of courage, really, to send that DM and a bit of desperation, maybe. Yeah, and they just want to know they're going to be okay. I think as we all do, yeah. 
all you do and 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 I think that's one of the loveliest things I got is all these people messaged me especially after Ellie and I released the podcast talking about my separation in the June um this woman saying it'll be the best thing that's ever happened to you you're going to be okay I know you're in the shit right now all those but women are very good like that women are amazing that you know I know sometimes women can say horrible things but most of the time we're we're no. holding each other up and that's so important to keep sending those messages going you're going to be all right I'm here for you, all those sort of things. So I think that's important. yeah. Mm. What advice would you give to someone whose um, friend is is like recently divorced or going through that process? What? Yeah, I mean, it sounds like your friends have have um, scooped you up. But for anyone, often when terrible things happen, people flounder around about what to do. What would you? What would your advice be? Yeah, I think just keep checking in. I just think I think just knowing that someone's there for you um, and often you didn't want advice. You don't want advice because you're sad. You just want to be listened to. You want to be held. And I remember talking to Philippa Perry about it. You just just want someone to envelop you in love and 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 their arms and 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 um and to say what can I do or you know can I bring you food or or any of those sort of things any sort of practical things because when you're in a tears you can't think about cooking and so like a friend of mine just sent me eight cook frozen meals and I just and she said don't even think about it it's going in the fridge uh you know in the freezer so things like that little gestures like that or you know yeah just come or come over to their house and order a pizza drink a bottle of wine with them or have a cup of tea I think just it's just it's just knowing that because the grief is such a long time that you know even though you'll have days where you're happy they're not fixed they're going to be the um the waves of grief will come at different times so yeah I think I think that's it just 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 be their friend as you normally would and you know and just know that sometimes they're going to cry or sometimes they don't want to go to events hanging out with other couples can be really painful and in those early days Mm -hmm. yeah oh what I found was really hard is I'd walk around the park and I'd see really happy couples together and thought I chose the wrong fucking guy <laughs> you know? mm. Why was it? Why yeah. was that guy? And um, and that's just part of that process. So mm-hmm. it actually can be really hard hanging out with a couple. Um, and and find other single parents if you're a parent, or find other single women because as much as your couple friends can be sympathetic, they they won't really know. Yeah, it's different. Yeah, exactly. So that 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 would be my sort of thing, and just be, yeah, and don't drink as much as I did. I drank too much. <laughs> but you, you also, don't do what yeah. you have to do. <laughs> I did a lot. But of you stuff. also have got. I have to just like ram this in because it brings me so much joy. You've also got into weightlifting, which oh is obviously, God. as you know. Is my thing, and I like feel so delighted. To, and we're going to get back in gyms. Like, oh my oh, word, I can't believe it, baby! Ah! Yeah. Oh my god, that's the best thing that ever happened. Um, apart from the sex, obviously, sex was great. Um, but yeah, I started uh, training at an all-female gym with Suzanne from the Fitology Hub, and I lifted really fucking heavy weights. And every week, I would just skip to that gym, and it was just the most uplifting satisfying I love my body I loved the environment I just love oh, I just think it's so I just want everybody to do it it's so good um yeah, yeah. It, it's a special kind of magic isn't it yeah. like realizing that you are strong like I kind of I guess we know that we can be emotionally strong but it makes you feel badass when you can move heavy stuff and actually um 
Porna Bell on Instagram, whose um, husband died, she said actually there's something super liberating about being able to lift your own suitcase. Like once you are a woman mm. on your own, it's like yeah. you have to be able to do the do the physical stuff. And mm. and so actually having the strength is is genuinely empowering. Yeah, it's absolutely glorious. And I bought like kettlebells and dumbbells at home and yeah, it's extraordinary to know the potential of my body because I think we put so many limitations and this just smashes those limitations and smashes the expectations that you have on what your body can do as well. So yeah, I love it. I love it. And when and it's completely flipped gyms for me as well, where I would mm-hmm. be like going, I'm too fat and I can't bend and I don't look like Barbie. And now I'm just like, yes, getting everything out. So good. So good. And actually, you cannot think about anything else. If you're lifting properly heavy, you can only think about moving the barbell. And so it's, yeah. it's so good if you've got a very overactive mind and, you know, you can't have a phone on you. It's just like this. The only thing I've got to do is lift this thing off the ground. I, I just yeah. love the purity of that. No, and it's not like doing a step class like I did in, you know, the early 2000s where there's mirrors on, you know, three walls and you're just like, oh, I'm I'm sweaty and I'm I'm uncoordinated and I look unco and, yeah, terrible. (laughs) And and also the joy is, as as we've talked about, you you know, you are confident in your own skin, but once you start exercising in that way, your body might change and, and it's like, it's the weird thing as soon as you stop exercising to change your body the chances are your body probably will begin to shift and get toned up and you're like oh that's weird that that wasn't even my intention no Um, it's bizarre isn't it yeah and also I tend to eat better on those days as well like this it's just it just it all just feeds into those sort of things and like yeah I'm like no no I will feel better if I have a smoothie for breakfast and then a soup for lunch and then you know something really delicious for dinner and so I just and it just makes you for me it made my made me love my body so much more I was just like going what else can we do body what can these arms do what can these legs do look at my squat today um so yeah so proud of you I'm so, so proud, proud of you look at <laughs> it's just like when I first saw you with the and I was like what am I gonna watch and then I just could watch you fall in love with it I was like oh, oh. yeah it's religious it, so- it feels religious because I interviewed yeah. Porna for my book as well especially oh, um getting stronger chapter and and she said it was it was you know obviously it was lifting the heavy weights but when she walked down the street she had this confidence like she just walked in in front of a group of men and instead of dipping her head or parting or you know she just walked straight ahead and she said that's what weightlifting gave her that she didn't want to shrink away and I just thought god that's that is that's extraordinary shoulders back yeah really extraordinary well we can create so there's also Laura Biceps who I love but maybe we can do some wonderful thing where the four of us can lift a barbell together and Suzanne and and all the world will feel like a wonderful thing Oh, Laura Biceps. Mm, I love her. Oh, she's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I'm aware of time. I've got a couple more questions. First Excellent. of all, most importantly, where can people find you? And this is a bit where I want you to do a really good plug of your book, which you've got to start being good at doing. Oh, God. Yes, of course. So obviously you can find me at Scummy Mummies and I've got a fashion and body positivity account called Helen Wears a Size 18. And I have a book coming out in July called Get Divorced, Be Happy. And um, it is part memoir, part self-help, 
part, you know, hilarious, part brutally honest um, account of my first year of separation. But there's a lot of lols in that. There's some naughty, filthy, sexy stuff. Um, but there's also about 40 amazing women's voices talking about everything from sadness to anger to happiness and and sharing amazing stories. So, uh, yeah, I hope I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> it's a, I like I like writing the book and I loved interviewing the women. So I hope it I hope you'll like it too. But yeah, out at the end of July, exciting. Oh, I so had the honour of pitch. That was really good. You've nailed it. It's really hard to do, isn't it? Because you're like you put so much time into this, and now you're like, I've got to try and actually sell it. But I have I've had the honour of seeing the proof in preparation for this, and I left Helen a long voice note yesterday. Like I knew it would be great, but it it's like surpassed all expectation because it's humorous, it's intelligent, it's compassionate. It's 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 really brilliant. She's written a really great book. Oh, what a relief. Thank God for that, because otherwise the next six months of promotion is going to be really orcs. Yes, I know, I know, because there's there's that initial thing where like someone asks you to write a book and you feel like absolutely flattered, and they give you some a little bit of money to write it, and then you write it and you're like, shit, everyone's going to read it now. (laughs) Better be absolutely oh god it's amazing i remember when you got we went for coffee just after you got that book deal it doesn't seem very long ago helen you've really put no, that out i wrote seventy five thousand words in three months <laughs> i didn't have a day off i did it i did it um you know basically 24 for three months it was absolutely insane and i think i only said yes to it because i was yeah, still within the grief and trauma of my separation. I wrote it from like month nine to month 12 of my separation. So it was pretty. But I think that rawness will, um, is absolutely like kind of vital. It's You're not quite at the reflection stage. You're still uh-huh. living it with the reader, which I think is really great. Yeah. And, and, and then, the divorce books like that, they're all sort of five years out going, this is what I learned from it. And, you know, I, and I was like, no, this is what, this is what it's like when I'm you're going in. through. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because um, also humans are really great at like taking the edges of of trauma once we've gone past it. And you can only really remember how it is when you're still in it, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Well done, you. Okay, two more questions. So this this podcast is not a book. We're talking about your book. I've written a book. I keep bloody saying that. I'm so bored of saying it. Um, But the this is inspired by the fact that I love having like big honest conversations and I wondered if you could describe your favorite place to have a a big deep meaningful chat what time who would it be with what would you be eating and drinking um well I've just been with my sister-in-law and my brother in Somerset for three days they sort of scooped me up um and my favorite is like beside the fire at their place with a massive big glass of wine and lots of taramasalata and cheese and dry biscuits I love a cracker and and just having those like cozied up with a blanket like and then just pouring your heart out I love that sort of cuddly that's that's what I sort of thing because you're already comforted by the warmth of the fire the warmth of the blanket but then the warmth of the friendship so yeah that's what I like it's it's like golden isn't it like like those are the best those like like deep and meaningful chats when you just feel very very safe with the people you're with but also where you don't you know you don't know how that conversation is always going to go yeah it's priceless yeah and then my second one of these kind of endy questions (laughs) to give them their professional term (laughs) 
like honesty is obviously the a trait I hugely admire in people. Honesty, curiosity, self awareness, and a sense of humor would be my top four traits in people. Mm. What would be your top four? Oh, that's a really good question. Obviously, a sense of humor is 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 probably up the top because I think um, in my book. Uh, Kathy Lett says having a sense of humour is like shock absorbers for your brain when you go through trauma. And I think that's really true. Um, so, yes, yeah, self, um, self-awareness self is a really important trait, I think, that that I, I really like. Honesty and, and compassion. compassion. Compassion is very also important. Written, good appetite in brackets, but I didn't know if that oh, was a trait. Yes. <laughs> A love of food, yes. <laughs> Do you remember when we were once in that restaurant and I ordered a horrible fish soup that I didn't want? Oh, and it dreadful. came, yes, yes. <laughs> you swapped me, did you swap with me? Yeah, were you pregnant no, at the time? I think, were you pregnant with Greta? Could have been, yes, yes, I but, think you were. But I was, I was completely happy to swap with you, darling. That's right, because we were it was a bull bays, wasn't it? And it came, and I was just like, I don't want this. No, lots of people were pregnant because it was you and Sarah Turner. It was our fish finger year. And Steph, and you were all pregnant. And I was like, oh, this 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 woman's going through enough right now. <laughs> it was just a start. Yeah, it, was it, was that, <laughs> it was that real pregnancy thing when it just arrived. I was just like, I literally oh. cannot. I'm not a fussy eater at all. I've got a good appetite, but I was just like, I can't eat this. And you, yeah. what? That is a true act of friendship, swapping someone's bad menu choice for something yeah. else. It was a joy. <laughs> so thank you. And actually, that what a way to end. And actually, I just want to, I'm going to make myself cry again now. But oh. just to say how, as your friend, how much I love you and how proud I am of you for the last year. You, you're amazing, you know, and, and only good things are coming for you. I know it. Fingers crossed. No, I, 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 I feel very fortunate to have you as my friend, Clemmy. And, and I feel very, um, yeah, I, I just... I just want to turn the colossal amount of hate that I had in my life into the biggest amount of joy. And that's, that's, that's kind of my aim with what I'm doing in the, in the book that I'm writing is that, you know, something that, that felt so horrible, hopefully will now make so, you know, other people happy. And that's what I wanted to do. Yes. <laughs> so thank you, Helen. I can't believe it. I, I'm constantly in awe that I get to talk to my friends for an hour and call it work. But it's been a real pleasure to chat to chat to you. And that's it. Another episode done. And wow, what a roller coaster that conversation was. I, you know, crying tears of pride for my friend. Still shocked that it's happened to her kind of in awe and I wouldn't say envious but definitely like enjoying living vicariously through her for her her newfound um dating life and yeah I think probably just inspired it's so often the case isn't it when when life feels rock bottom the next chapter is one that that gives you a whole new lease of life and I have absolutely no doubt that Helen Thorne is going to go from strength to strength in fact, I do believe she's just started weightlifting um, and really flourish. And yeah, it's it gives me, it's, it's a wonderful thing to witness. So that's it. Um, join me next week. I am doing an episode in partnership with Rude Health about sustainability. I'll be talking to the founder of Rude Health, Camilla, and also um, Imogen Lucas of At Sustainably Vegan. So please do tune in for that. 
And in the meantime, do get in touch. I'm always grateful for your feedback. The email is butwhy at clemmytelford.com and rate, review, subscribe, tell your mates about it. And I'll see you, hear you, be back on the mic with you this time next week. Bye-bye.